Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Welcome to another Confidence and Communication Podcast episode. Today I'm really excited because I have another guest with me and her name is Becca. I know her as Becca. I'm gonna introduce her as Rebecca LaRivier. I'm gonna read you a little bit about her, her biography and who Becca is. Rebecca is a member of the Métis Nation. She resides in Treaty 1 territory, just the same territory as I do. She's a mother, an early childhood educator, and a professional speaker. She spent the majority of her career working with Indigenous communities on and off reserve by providing training, professional development, and promoting collaboration and peer mentorship among ECEs. Rebecca challenges the status quo of social systems through speaking engagements and leads with the power of advocacy that inspires a lifelong commitment to allyship in her listeners. Welcome, Becca. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Jessica. Great bio. Good. It's an excellent bio, and I'm so happy that you're here. What we're going to talk about in this session is we're actually going to have a coaching session. And I'm so happy that you agreed to do this because, first of all, you're a brand new client in the Speaking Up program. So I want to hear about your experience in that. But you've also taken my Next Level Self program, which is I'm so excited. And and I love when people are ready to continuously make that investment in themselves. And for, as soon as you and I started messaging on Instagram, I was like, oh yeah, this girl's on fire. She's like ready to go. You roped me right in. You're like, I can see talent. I was like, okay, then. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I was messaging a couple of times and I was like, yeah, I know she's going places. Let's start with a little bit about your investment in coaching. So have you worked with a coach before? I've never worked with a coach before. I was really into the next level self because it felt like a a short-term commitment. I could kind of test the waters. But at the end of the day, it was really like about the relationship. I'd been to other similar programs where people are teaching or sharing over a period of time, almost like a program or a course. And the relationship was missing. I need a I need a personal twist to to what I do all the time. Excellent. And so what was it like to make that investment? Because when you're working with a coach, nine times out of 10, it's your own money. Like if sometimes employers, depending on the type of program, employers will pay. And you did this out of your own pocket. So what was it like making that decision? I think, you know, it was uh it's hard to do. It's hard to do just because. Well, it's just the investment. You just have to like take it from somewhere else. You know, I was spending silly money on clothes and whatever else. I just had to like reallocate the money. It's not that it didn't exist. It was just, I had to like prioritize exactly what it is I wanted to do and why. And what was the, so for next level self, what was the selling point for me is I had a, a friend that was going. So that was like, felt like someone to hold my hand, walk me there. And that felt really good. But for speaking up, what I remembered through next level self, was that so I'm an early childhood educator and I remembered that when we're teaching children, we don't expect them to learn everything or to be good at every single thing. And it was kind of at a really prime time in my life where I was like, okay, I know I love my job. There's aspects of my job that I love and things that I don't love. 
The things that I do love are teaching, training, speaking, presenting. I love those things. And so through Next Level Self, you kind of reminded me of the power that I have in like manifesting and believing in myself and trusting in myself. And that's what kind of pushed me to be able to say like, okay, the money exists. I can do it personally and I can put the money in myself. So I just had to kind of like take the step. It's almost like diving in. I had to dive in with both feet, but I felt really good. And I know that when working with children, we make sure to just focus on their strengths, the things that they're really good at. We don't expect kids to be good at everything, but when they're really good at something, we run with it. We make sure we keep going with that. So that's kind of why I was like, I should give myself that same grace. I should treat myself with that same respect and love. Oh, I love it. That makes me so happy to hear that. So I've been a coach since 2013. I've worked with several coaches and I've paid a lot of money for coaches. And I know, and tell me if you experienced this, and I may have shared this either on Instagram or even with you, but I, I know when you put the money on the table, you're putting your commitment up there too, right? You're not going to make that dollar commitment until you're like, I'm ready. And, mm-hmm. and so what did you experience that? What do you think of that? Well, that's part of holding yourself accountable, you know, like if it's, a, and it's kind of like, if it cost me 20 bucks, it would be easier for you like, ah, oh, whatever, I could just not go. But actually putting that investment made me also have to physically like show up for myself. I'm not going to waste the money. I'm not going to waste it. That's right. So I want to get the most out of it. That's kind of what I've been doing and like reaching in when I can, putting time aside, diving through the tools and resources, like as I need them kind of and on my Mm -hmm. own time, which has been also really nice. Excellent. So what would you say, what have you liked so far about the Speaking Up program? What has been, what's made the difference for you? Like I said, the really, really big thing for me is a personal element. So that both comes from you, but also through the group. They really believe in me. Like I feel, I feel, I don't know. Hi guys, if you're saying, but I feel like they, you know, I share a success and they all celebrate. Yeah, with me. yeah. Like, that's unheard of. Like that's really special. That's it is. It's community. You have to surround yourself with the people that are going the same place, right? Really, and it's like I, I love making people around me feel proud. And I just want to show up for that. You know, that wasn't something I always got as my in my childhood, but like <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, oh, you like that? Can we do more? <laughs> especially, especially when it's speaking, because you're like, I like to talk. I'm not getting in trouble in class anymore. But so the community has been really important, but also I do like the worksheets. It kind of like Maybe there are things that I've kind of done before and little bits and pieces through journaling, which you taught me in Next Level Self to, to do and to appreciate. But kind of the worksheets, really working through my ideas for talks, really figuring out what my niche is, you know, what kind of my key messages are. Those kind of like, it feels like homework and there's like, oh, I don't want to do it. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't like school, but kind of like forcing myself to walk through that like mental process of like, okay, here are all the things I want to say. Cause I always talk, I'm probably doing right. I always talk too much, you know, I always, <laughs> I always hear I'm talking too much, but getting things down really concise, very clear for myself. And then I think that will also come across when I speak. So that's been mm-hmm. really- amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you feel good about the investment and about the talking too much comment. This is the place to do it. So, <laughs> so you are good. So we'll we'll transition a little bit into the coaching session, but for you and for anybody listening, what I want to share is 
a little bit of what to expect in a coaching session. So coaching is an advantage to the coachee to look at how do I make what I want happen? And when you make a coaching commitment, just like what we just talked about, it's really making a decision to leap forward. And I I like to use that word leap because we can get a lot done talking to our friends, talking to other people in our network. But when you're talking to a coach who has been down that journey, one thing that I can offer is don't do these seven steps that I messed up. This is, this is the way to go, right? This is how you go from A to B. And so my job as a coach is to push you out of your comfort zone and to help you see higher potential, to overcome obstacles, call them out, but mostly help you identify what those are by asking powerful questions and uh, helping you create a personal insight or awareness to why is something holding you back? And then some tools as to how do we get over this obstacle now that we're aware of what it is. So I like to think that what I'm doing is inspiring you in a way of putting a fire under your ass, reminding people, what are you here for? What is so important to you? Why is that important to you? And that's something that I think with life, we just, we kind of forget why. When we look at the the big picture, if you look at, for example, Earth from space, right? You see the big picture. And then when you start to get really close in and narrow down, that's when you start seeing the little bumps and all of the little things that can get in the way. So my job is to help you look at the big picture, be strategic, and where are we taking action? So throughout the session, throughout our coaching session and other coaching sessions, my job is to ask, ask questions, challenge you, support you, lift you up, and connect the dots and really push you to your next level. So I don't claim to know it all, but I claim to be fully present and creative and rely on my expertise, my experience, and my passion, because this is what I love to do. I'm doing what I love. So this is incredible. So let's jump into the coaching session then. What, where are you in your talk? What's happening? What, what do you want to focus on? So as you know, I have a talk coming up. It is tomorrow. Nobody panic. I trust in myself. So. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. And you know, it was an interesting ask. So it was a friend of mine who works for this larger company. And she asked me to do a talk on National Day to Recognize Truth and Reconciliation or of Observation of Truth and Reconciliation. And I thought, well, I could do part of that. Like, I don't really do Aboriginal awareness because I'm really still early on in my learning journey. I don't know if that's really my place, but I do, in ECE context, talk about advocacy and allyship and those kinds of things. So I thought, you know, there's a place there. At least I can talk about my story, learning about my identity and how like, walking in two different worlds, I can at least be a stepping stone or bridge for people who are listening to me. And I can talk, I can end with a call to action. Mm -hmm. And so that was all fine and dandy. And then, so I've been feeling pretty good about it. I accepted it. I, I asked for more money than I've ever asked for before. They said yes immediately. Like I should have asked for more. (laughs) (laughs) Next time, next time. I should have asked for more money. They said yes so quickly. So I've been feeling good about it. Like they want me I feel okay about kind of what I want my big message to be. And then listening through your podcast today about writing your speech, like that one, uh, episode 11 is the one I listened to. I started writing down and like organizing my points because since I got, I like booked the job 
three or a month, three weeks or a month ago, I've just been taking time to like write down my thoughts kind of as they come to me very mm-hmm. organically every day before bed, putting a couple notes on my phone, or if I find a meme that inspires me, you know, like just like taking inspiration from all sorts of different places. And so now I've just been kind of trying to organize things. And that's kind of where I'm at. I think I have a lot of really good, important points, a lot of really important stories. But I'm taking the firm stance that I'm actually not there to educate people because I can't uh, and maybe that's a question, actually. It's hard to... I mean, there's 60 to 70 people there. All probably are at different points in their understanding and learning. I don't... I think I should get a way higher pay raise if I'm trying to educate people from really ground zero. I think mm-hmm. that's a different ask. And that's not exactly what I signed up for. So I'm just trying to think about how much educating I'm trying to do, how much I'm trying to like bring understanding and a sense of relatedness or like be relatable, you know, that's kind of more what I'm hoping to do. And I guess that's just kind of where I'm starting to get stumped. You know, I'm not going into the treaties. I'm not going to go to right. I'm not going into the Indian Act. Like I, I don't have people do masters on that stuff. Like I don't have time in an hour. I have lots I can talk about, but that's kind of where I'm at. So. Okay. Amazing. And the value of you going in and sharing your story and your experience is also something that most people don't get. So that in itself and walking people through what you've experienced is going to be super valuable. So you know you have an hour. Do you know, have you decided, are you going to teach them something? Like, is there going to be, you're shaking your head. (laughs) Well, I just don't think so. Like, I just, okay. yeah, I'm just going to mostly speak from experience and kind of like a call to action. Like, here's your chance to do the work. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of ending on, I think it's okay today for people to invite me, a very light-skinned, white-passing person, coming in on this really hard day for a lot of people. It's okay for me. My grandpa went to day schools. He didn't attend residential school, so it is different. Mm-hmm. But it's not okay to be asking people, Indigenous people, forever to be doing the work, to be putting in that emotional labor on a hard day when people are mourning, you know? So, and I don't want to come down being like, you guys better smarten up. <laughs> but yeah. It's yeah, I so, hear you. Which is trying to find a balance of being like inspiring and, and open minded and kind and generous. Like I understand people are learning and they've invited mm-hmm. me here today. I can be a bridge between two worlds. You know, I've walked in two worlds my whole life and I think that I have that perspective. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I often speak about is when I was growing up, I was a native girl in an all white community. And then in my adulthood, and I started working in my career. Now I'm the I'm the white girl in Native communities, so it's like right. I've really like done that. I remember when I didn't know a thing, mm-hmm. and everyone in the communities that I worked with treated me with such kindness and openness and and grace. And you know, I had some questions that could have been harmful, but at least I had very strong relationships to kind of base those things on. And I think that that's a, that's a pretty key message too, is like to think about what you're asking, why, where it's coming from, where your heart's at and kind of walking in that way. Like if your heart's in the right place, mm-hmm. move forward. I don't, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's great. So how much of your talk do you have written or like, are you using a PowerPoint or in which way I'm are gonna, you? I'm not going to use a PowerPoint. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. like using a PowerPoint. I find it trips me up. Yeah, I don't like it either. I'm good with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I have a lot of, and they're more just like prompts to remind me of this story. You know, prompts to remind me of this point that I'm getting to. Mm -hmm. Which often the way I write it, often the way it looks on my notes is kind of like 
this story, but like this point. And then I highlight the point because it's easy to like, for people who talk a lot like you and I, it's easy to get on a tangent and kind of lose yourself with that. Right. And then, so I always make sure that's how it'll look. It's like, you'll see a, a point about this story and then a highlighted point that's just like, just mention this one thing or you're losing it. Make sure I get back to it. So you talked about you want it to be identity, like you're you're sharing your story, your experience. So what I did in episode 11 with that talk that I shared, ultimately, I wanted to share three things with them. And then for each of those three stories or each of those three points, I had three stories. And do you feel like that's kind of a direction that you're going? You've started building towards? Exactly. Yeah. So that structure, that like five, is it the five point structure or whatever mm-hmm. it is, kind of how I've organized things. Also, there's another exercise that we did in speaking up where it was like, write down everything, write down everything you're trying to say and group them together. So that's the kind of the, where I'm at, I would say is in okay. that okay. Um, main points I want to say and grouping them together. So that's, that's, <laughs> so what would you say are your top three points that you want to, to share with them? So I want to talk about reconciliation being everyone's responsibility. And particularly, I want to talk about like truth, you know, just like meeting people where they're at, believing people's truth. You know, it's not to be argued, it's to be taken at face value, those kinds of things. And do you have a a story that will help people connect to that? Not exactly. That's a good, not exactly. No, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Okay, so I don't want to throw you off because it's tomorrow. Well, it's if, okay. if, you, <laughs> if you want to like tell, I don't know if you have your talk written out and you just want feedback on it or like, where do you want me to come in? I more like need support in the main things that I'm looking for is like low, like what's the most important thing, like next third, like that's what I really, where I'm at. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think would be super helpful. Okay. So let's go right back to the beginning then. Do you know how you're opening? Do you know how you're starting? The way I start everything, and this is also probably where I could use some fine tuning, is like who I am, an intro of who I am, why I'm here. You mm-hmm. know, like why, how I've come to this work or why I'm here on this. Mm-hmm. And everything that I am, everything that I've grown up to be is because of my life experiences. So it actually ends up, my intro ends up being like my life story sometimes, <laughs> starting right from being a child in childcare and always knowing that I, w- I was going to do that work. Mm-hmm. Now being like committed to a lifelong learner and an educator for as long as I can, you know, inspiring people and that kind of thing. So it like, I kind of walk through that whole, that whole journey, in which case is often how I end up structuring talks, you know, mm-hmm. like, what experiences did I go through very early in my life that have helped me to understand, you know, where I belong or where I didn't belong, how my papa raised me, those kinds of things, the things that he taught me that I didn't always identify as being Métis mm-hmm. uh, because he was so shameful about it. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. So because your talk is an hour, I say go for it because I mean, and it's different if you have less time, right? But because you have the time, I would say definitely use that story that you're used to opening with because you already know that. And then once you jump in with a talk that you're already familiar with, because you've told it 50 or a hundred times, then once you're on the floor talking, it already helps make you feel more comfortable as you're going. So, and then I would suggest to 
what kind of watch do you wear? Do you wear a watch, I guess, is the question. <laughs> I don't have a watch. I do not have a watch. Okay. So I'm like a stickler on time. I like to start on time. I like to know when I'm changing direction in my talk. I like to know when I'm done. So I would give your intro 10 minutes. And uh, so whenever you walk in the room, whichever room that you're in, just look around the walls. Where's the clock? And hopefully okay. it's hopefully it's in a spot that it's not like behind you and it's not too awkward that you're turning around to check it. But that'll be something that will just help you stay on track and stay stay focused with your time. Yeah, once you see the clock and give yourself 10 minutes, once you start using that as a comfort tool to keep guiding you, you'll know that, okay, it's been eight minutes. I need to get to the point of my papa. I need to tell that part of the story. Yeah. And then you just get... Actually, that, that time thing is actually... I think that's going to be really helpful. I think even if I could chunk out my whole talk like that. Yeah. So, and that's how I would break it down. And again, I love that you have an hour because an hour is easy, right? Especially for people who like to talk. They're like, are you sure you want an hour? I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do one hour. That's good. So for your other three points, then you want to break down each point to 10 minutes. And so in, in your first major point, you'll have to remind me what that is. In order to make that point, you want to tell your three reasons or your three stories or whatever it is with the reminder that if you're telling three stories, that they work out to be two to three minutes each. And so I always say three because... It just, it gives you a lot of opportunity to talk all, like to sort of dance around it, right? So that everybody, no matter what part of learning and understanding that they're at, you're catching everybody from every angle. That's sort of the idea. Yeah. Okay. That's super, super helpful. I feel like I want to like revisit my major points again. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just thinking again about like making sure that I have like a story that is that connects to them or a couple of stories that connect to each major point mm-hmm. or like maybe like maybe that's not my major point but maybe I need to just flip around with the like most impactful messages and then like because I have so many stories here like there's a lot of things here there's a lot of really good points or anecdotes you know like little things mm-hmm. that have happened and pick the most the ones that are most meaningful to you because you don't want to try to tell them all because that's why, again, the number three, right? Because if you go more than that, then it's just like, okay, that's that's a lot of information. And it's also not helpful for you when it comes to perfecting the talk. Because ultimately, what I imagine is, is you want this talk to be great so that you can keep doing it to another audience, right? And that's that's something that I have done for years. I do that on a regular basis. People will pay me a lot of money <laughs> to speak what a speech that they heard me talk for free. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. <laughs> but you'll always have lots of opportunities to, to bring those other stories and anecdotes in. And, and it's all, it's all a bit of a like practice, right? It's just getting out there and doing it. Yeah. I'm very, I'm feeling very inspired right now. I got a little feel breaks and stuff. <laughs> Well, I just get really excited. Like I just have so much to share and so many things to say. And like I said, like it even goes from like my childhood, like a lot of like very internalized racism to like a very like pivotal moment in my life where I was like very angry teenager and young person to like finding a place of belonging. You know, when I got my spirit name and I felt like I could attend ceremony, I felt like I belonged 
to like now is like, I feel like I'm a professional some days. And I feel like, you know, there was a time when I felt like almost pretty like radicalized. Like I was mad, mad. I was like, a cab. <laughs> I was like everything, like burn it all down, start fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I think it's probably, it's a lot more effective to reach one person at a time, you know, talk to one person at a time, really kindly, really gently, because that's the way you teach children is, you know, kindly, gently using repetition over time. You know, we don't, we know that things don't change in the day. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like I kind of want to structure the talk to be like, my whole journey to like how I came to where I was, where I really mm-hmm. didn't like who I was as a kid, to like understanding who I am, to like now being really motivated to make change. You know, like I really came through a a journey in that. Mm-hmm. I think that that is worth sharing. There's a lot of little pieces in that that are, I think, relatable. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, now I'm thinking I want to re- rework things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you're going to redo or sort of re-clarify your top three major points. Yeah. I think like my first is that racism was so like ingrained in me. Like I didn't even recognize it when it was happening around me, you know, through my papa who also like really internalized that who self-assimilated very early and did what's called white passing, which is very common. The mm-hmm. next one being like my, my first experience working in Point Douglas, which is absolutely life changing. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone should work in the North End for a little bit in their life. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree with that. Are you sharing some anecdotes on on that as well? Yeah, there's this okay. one story where I went in for my first job interview at the daycare, and that while the daycare was being built, it was all the and in, in Lawrence Hulker Park where there's all the townhouses, so they were the managers who were interviewing me were occupying one of the townhouses as an office for time being just while they were doing interviews. And I just, I walked right into someone's house. (laughs) (laughs) Like the next door neighbor. And they just like made fun of me. They They gave me, uh, they offered me soup and then they're just like, you're trying to go next door. They're like, you're actually just trying to go next door. And they just like showed me over. It oh was. my goodness, yeah. that's so cute. They offered you soup. There's a little uncle for sure, and he just like walked me into the door. They're like, Carolyn, you're looking for you got you lost one. Uh, I didn't hear what he said. I was like, oh, that's, so that's so cute. Really sweet, but I also think it just speaks to like the the nature of the North End. Like everyone's it's all love, like everyone's family there, you know? Yeah. Even if you go there, it's still family there. And the the way anyone can belong there is fascinating because it's not the same if you walk into other areas of the city. Right. Yeah. You don't yeah. get the same sense of belonging. Even me as a white passing person, I don't feel the same way, mm-hmm. the same acceptance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. How are you feeling about your call to action? Your, your closing? Kind of my major thing that I want to get to what I really want to say is that it's time to like put in some work I could share resources but I think that's not exactly what I'm hoping to do like in which case I could have a powerpoint with like a list of stuff or a handout or something but kind of like my last thing is that like it's time to like do the work it's now everyone else's job indigenous people have been putting in this work for a really long time it's now non-indigenous people's job to sit in an uncomfortable space for some time because it's really hard 
and it's going to be uncomfortable, but that is really where the most growing and learning happens when it feels uncomfortable. And then it's time to really just face it. It's okay. It's okay to say you don't know and it's okay to move forward. That's what we're really, really hoping for is that people are willing and open to learning because as you can tell from my life and, and you know, as we look at children, it's, it's okay to learn and learning is lifelong and you'll mm-hmm. learn until you die. So it's okay. It's okay to be learning and it's okay to learn something new. That's really kind of what I want to end with mm-hmm. uh, around that. So That's great. I think it's perfect, by the way. I love that you're not providing resources to them because it, it's accomplishing exactly what you want to accomplish is, is them to do the work, which is great. Do you have a story or an experience that you can share where you just had to learn something on your own and it was much more impactful to you because of that? Is there is there something that maybe you can take? Maybe something... I mean, I feel like being a mother has very much been like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You talk about your mom recently and like the more you share about your experiences, Jessica, I don't know if this is going to make the podcast, but like the more I'm just like, it feels like you're speaking my life because my mom also wasn't really there for me emotionally. She wasn't very positive. Like she, especially as I became an older adult, she was mean. Like, I I don't know why it was really hard for me. And so like, I had to make a lot of conscious effort as a young person becoming a mother, how I wanted to mother and how I didn't want to mother. And honestly, I wasn't always good at it. And that was really hard for me being a trained early childhood educator, Mm -hmm. assuming that I knew it all. I thought I knew how to do it Mm because I read all the books on it already. Yeah. And then I, it actually didn't come naturally to me, which made me feel less than it didn't make me feel very good. I felt really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was really down on myself for a long time that I wasn't just like a automatic mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I, and I could totally relate to that as well. And I think that is super powerful is because you're talking about, we hear about reconciliation. We can read about reconciliation. We think we know what it is, right? Just like parenting. We can read about parenting. We think we know what parenting is, but when it actually happens, it's not always comfortable. It's uncomfortable. and. I think to relate whichever story you want and to bridge that because people have relationships with kids, whether they, most people, right? They either have kids or there's kids in the family somewhere or a friend of theirs has kids. Like there's, you know, people can relate to that. So how does that feel to you? I think that's really, really good. I think that's ideal. I just... Be like working in child development, I feel has been so cathartic and that I feel like everything in the world relates back to child development. And that's a really good example of that. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, everyone loves a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, you know, everyone has a kid that they care for or a kid that they're invested in their well-being. Right. And I feel like it's almost like the great, like connecting, like thread that connects us all. You know? Totally. Like, it's almost like biological it's like darwinism you know like that's why we live really at the end of it all is to do better for the next generation and that seems kind of base but actually like the other side of that is like indigenous people have been saying that for as ever you know we always make decisions with children at the center of what we do Mm -hmm. because we want to do better for them Mm -hmm. that's beautiful i love it oh that was very emotional very deep so One more question about 
the closing, just a suggestion and you can take it or leave it, but how you want to close it by putting the, the responsibility on them. I wonder if you could also ask them a direct question. Like you could say something like, so what are you going to commit to today or something like that? So that you're putting action into that call to action. Mm-hmm. Like an open, like get people to raise their hand and say something. Either way, you could leave it as I'm ending my talk with this question. And you can just say, you know, here's the question. What I'm leaving you with today is it's now up to you to make the decision. So what are you going to do or something like that? And then you can say, thank you. And you're done. Or you could leave it open and just say, I'm going to go around the room now and I'm going to ask everybody what you're going to do. I think if it was a smaller group, I would love to call people out. Like, I would really love that moment, but it's, I think it's too many people. I oh yeah. You said 70 people. Okay. Right. 60, yeah. 70. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just too many people. And like maybe one or two would, but it would probably be the young people who are already you know, like primed for the idea. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for someone to listen. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, I think that's really, really good. You know, okay. think to yourself, make a commitment to yourself, you know, right. what do you do today? Yeah. Or you could even bring aboard a big piece of paper, like take one of theirs or whatever and get them to go write a commitment on Mm. something like that. And I mean, it could be for next time or or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, But I think you're going to do great. I have no doubt that you're going to do great. I know that you're excited and passionate about the message that you're sharing. And I mean, they called you in. They want to hear that. Most people have not heard any First Nation, Indigenous, Métis stories. They've never heard those authentic experiences. So what you're doing is really powerful. It's hard to think of that, you know, because of the circles we surround ourselves with. So yeah. I think that like any of this would be interesting to anyone because I mean, everyone in my circle heard my shit so many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I know. Right. Like, people need to hear things and get a new perspective so yeah and 70 people are you doing this in person yeah i said it wow. like oh so exciting i was so ha- record it you know what i have done if you have like a little phone stand you could literally just put your phone and mm-hmm. like stand it up and, and record or don't be afraid to ask someone to take pictures whoever called you in just say you know will you take a few pictures something like oh, that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and yeah. then i have I was because you have so many pictures of me presenting. I was like, how do you get these? (laughs) I feel like the ones I have are crappy. Every time I go through them, I'm like, oh, God, not this picture again. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, and you literally you have to ask someone to take the picture. So don't don't feel shy about doing that. It's just one of those things that you have to get over. It's like writing your bio, right? Because I remember the first time a friend was nominating me for something in Banff, which ended up happening and it was really cool but he's like send me your bio and I said I don't have a bio and he said well write one and I was like what I thought other people wrote bios for you so that was the weirdest thing it's weird talking about yourself like it is writing, you know yeah. like it's like even writing your resumes and things feels awkward like you have to like big up yourself you know like yeah it feels like talking about all my it's not in my nature to be like, I have this degree. I have, you know, done this training. Like I, that's real comfortable to me. Yeah. Which is also why you don't see it in my bio. Ah, now that you brought that to my attention, <laughs> we're going to work on that. 
Well, but also the reason why I just end on early childhood educator is because for the most part, people don't value ECEs. So I like Mm. to show up as an ECE who is articulate and thoughtful and strong Mm -hmm. and, you know, has strong voice because people think of ECEs as being like quiet and meek and just the babysitter over there. So I always Mm -hmm. love, I'm a very proud ECE. I love it. It's, that's amazing. So how are you feeling about tomorrow? How are you feeling about everything that we just went through? Well, I'm super excited. My day tomorrow is, I do not work tomorrow. So I'm going to, I have the morning to myself. I'm going to have coffee and finish my, my speech with my puppy. And, and then I'm going to St. John's Park for the powwow. And then I got my speech at 3.30. So. Okay. I think it'll be a really, actually really powerful day. I think I'll be very energized and ready to go. Excellent. Do you have any other questions or anything else in your mind? Um, nothing right now. I mean, I'd love to tap in again. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to sleep on things and let things marinate a little bit and more things come up. But it's yeah. really helpful. Really, really helpful. Good, good. And and when it comes to tomorrow and you being there, just remember to stay open with that connection and and just trust like the stories are going to come to you right? All you got to do is watch the clock. Remember when to switch your topics. Remember to, you know, get your point in there before the 10 minutes is up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the first of many and more money on its way. (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm asking for more next time. No questions asked. (laughs) Good. Good. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing this episode with me. If anyone has any questions or comments, I'll definitely be tagging Becca in the post when the podcast is live and uh, see you next time on the podcast. Thank you, Jessica. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01 because if you found this helpful, your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.